Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Good morning, church. How are you today? Come on, let's try again. Good morning, church. How are you today? Thank you very much. Welcome. If you're a guest, one more clap for all of our guests that are with us today. We're so glad you came. It's always an honor to have new people with us. As a matter of fact, I'll just give you a little statistic that since we have moved into this building, this is our fourth Sunday, but every Sunday since we've been in the building, we have had an additional 225 people attend church services with us since we've moved in. So, so praise God for that. Praise God. With that said, though, I want to say thank you and recognize those who have been with us for a period of time. Now, to all our new folks, listen, we love you. I'm hugging you. You're welcome here. But there's been people that have been paving the way for a long time. And I don't want you to think that we only care about the new people. We care about all the people and we love you. And I want to say thank you. This is my clap to those who've been around for a while. We love you. Thank you so much. So good. So good. Well, if you are new, one of the things that you'll learn about me is I, from time to time, tell really dumb jokes and you laugh at them, and that's the deal. Um, so I'll tell bad jokes, and then you laugh at them, and that's the way it works. And the reason I do that is just because it's just my personality, and I just enjoy a little humor along the way. And I tend to use as my object a, a person by the name of Bubba. Now, Bubba's a fictitious person, but I grew up in the mountains of Western North Carolina, and it just seems fun to use Bubba. Now, listen, I'm not making fun of my roots. I love my heritage, but but Bubba is my, my person. And so today I'll give you a little joke about Bubba. So Bubba joined the golf club and was in the locker room for the first time with the several other men when a cell phone on the bench rang. Bubba answered and he put it on the speaker phone. The conversation was kind of loud so everyone else in the room could, could listen in on the call. And the woman said, honey, are you at the club? And he said, yes, I am. She said to him, well, I'm at the mall. And she said, I found this beautiful leather coat priced at $1,000. And she asked him, is it okay if I buy this coat? Well, Bubba said, well, bless your heart. Just go right ahead and buy it. Well, the woman said to him, well, thank you so much. And since we're on this way of thought, she goes, I'll just let you know that on the way to the mall, I stopped by the Land Rover dealership and saw the new models that were out. And so Bubba said, well, well, how much was the new Land Rover that she was wanting? And she replied, it's $95,000. So Bubba said, well, go ahead and buy it. Well, the woman said, well, man, you're in a great mood. You must have scored a great score today. And she said, since you're in such a good mood, I'll let you know the house that we wanted last year is back on the market and it's being sold for $950,000. So Bubba paused and thought and he said well go ahead and make a full price offer so they exchanged a, the I love you's and hung up and all the other men in the locker room they were just in complete astonishment at this new member and then Bubba smiled and he asked anyone know whose phone this is 
Come on. I enjoyed that. I don't know about you. It's just funny. That's all there is to it. I like to have a little humor. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this church body. Thank you that, that your presence is here. Lord, we do thank you for all the new people that are here. We thank you for those who have been a part of this. God, I ask that you would just make us one body, one people, Lord, here to serve you, to learn from your word today. God, use my voice as the pastor of the house today to, to speak your words, words of life that would strengthen us, that would grow us, mature us in the name of Jesus. Can I get a good amen, church? Amen. Well, I want to talk to you today about the Holy Spirit. My title is, Do You Know God, the Holy Spirit? And the reason I want to chat about this today is because I know there are some new people in, in our church, and, and maybe that's a new topic for you. And I want you to kind of be able to jump in with who we are as a church because we are a, what we would call a spirit-filled church. We're a church that, that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit, and out of that we operate in His Spirit in our services and in our life. And I know that there are some people that are really untaught in the area of the Holy Spirit, and so today I just want to help you, and I don't want you to feel bad taught. Listen, that doesn't make you a second class Christian here today. Matter of fact, there's a lot of people that are untaught in that. Uh, if you were to even go look in the Bible, you would find groups of people that did not have an understanding about the Holy Spirit. As an example, in the book of Acts chapter 19 too, the question was asked to this group of believers and said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, like we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And so even in the Bible, they were having to learn and grow in this area. And so today, I just want to give an introduction to those who are with us about the Holy Spirit and those who have been with us and kind of have a great understanding. Today's going to be a day that really, I think, just elevates your faith in that area, elevates your walk with God in that area. So I think it'll be good for all of us. So this week, though, I'll let you know our family took a, a wonderful vacation with our immediate family and a bunch of close relatives. And we went to Disney World and it was a magical kingdom. And I know some of you are out there like going, oh, you're supposed to boycott Disney because their values. And, and listen, I know their values and I don't agree with a lot of them, but we were given free tickets. And when you're given free tickets, you go to Disney World with your family and you don't give a hoot what anybody thinks. And you just have a blast because it's a magical kingdom. And so we had so much fun with our family there. There were 14 of us on this trip. And when you're with a big group like that, it's, it's actually kind of difficult to organize everything. Like you're trying to figure out, you know, what park are we going to? And then when you get to the park, you're like, what ride are we going to go to? And then at some point you're trying to figure out where you're going to eat. And, and, you know, and on this trip, we, I averaged 23,000 steps a day with all our group walking around. And so, so it was just kind of like, how do we make these decisions? So, so this little phrase came up. And I think, I don't know, Lachlan may have been the originator of the phrase. I don't know where it came from, but thank you, Lachlan. But the phrase is this, I'm just a leaf on the pond. Just a leaf on the pond. And that helped us with this whole movement of people trying to figure out, because that mean, meant that I'm just here to drift along. I'm here to enjoy the moment and go with the flow, just floating along. And now listen, now that's great at Disney, now, I don't run my finances that way, and I don't lead a church that way. I'm not just a leaf on the pond. But when you're like in that situation, you just got to like just go with the flow, right? Well, here's the thing I want to share with you, that the Holy Spirit is not a leaf on the pond in your life. 
Like he is not just on the back burner following you. Matter of fact, we are called to follow the Holy Spirit. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He, he wants to be in your life to protect and help you in your life. So he's not a leaf on the pond when it comes to the leaf. We're the leaf. We follow him. Amen, church? So for those of that are new to this, who is the Holy Spirit? And I will say to you that he is God in spirit form. Now, most people have a little bit of understanding about God the Father and about God the Son, who is Jesus, but the Holy Spirit is an area that many are just uninformed in. So when it comes to God the Father, most of us kind of have a, a decent understanding, a grasp of who the Father is, being God the Father. And mainly because we have some sort of an understanding of family dynamics and family relationships, and, and you kind of understand the role of a father in a family. Even if you grew up without a really good father, you kind of understand the principles that a really great father should be loving and a provider and a protector and a leader of the family. And, and those are the roles of a great father. God, the father, is awesome at all those things. And so we kind of have a, a grasp of that. Most people have a, a decent grasp about God, the son, who is Jesus. And again, from a family context, we understand parents and brothers and sisters and and sons and daughters, and so there's a little bit of context. And then, of course, when we read the Bible, we read about Jesus in flesh, and you know, we, we see his movements, we see where he taught, we see the story about where he walked and where he did all the things that he did in ministry. And so, so we can kind of grasp who he is because it's, it's human. He's, he was there, God, as a human for us, and so we could grasp that. But the part that most people really don't have a grasp on is God, the Holy Spirit. It's kind of the unknown part or the often forgotten part of who God is. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, who I'll remind you is equally God with the Father and the Son, I think it becomes a little bit of a challenge to understand the Holy Spirit because we don't have a framework to understand the unseen supernatural world. Like I can't see it. Like if I see you, I can grasp that. I can understand father because I understand father, but, but this unseen world is unfamiliar to us. And it may seem strange to some of you to even talk about an unseen, spiritual, supernatural world. The Bible describes the Holy Spirit like wind. So you can't see the wind, but you can feel the effects of the wind. And the Holy Spirit is like that. You can't see the Holy Spirit, but you'll know him when he moves in your life. And so a lot of people have different misunderstandings about the Holy Spirit. I'll share a few of them because I want to kind of unpack some of the things that people have misunderstandings and then lay on top of that who is the Holy Spirit. So sometimes people get hung up on the strange terms of the Holy Spirit. And so I don't know where you grew up and maybe what version of the Bible you read. If you read the old King James Version, when you get to the word Holy Spirit, it doesn't say spirit, it says Holy Ghost. And so you would read Holy Ghost and maybe you've seen some, some people who will say, you know, the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost that. And you're like, what is that? And maybe it feels a little old school. I kind of like it when we say the Holy Ghost. But sometimes I think we misunderstand the Holy Ghost because we relate it into strange things. As a matter of fact, listen, 
I'm just going to throw, this is my little sidebar. Are you ready for this? Um, I hate Halloween. All right, y'all, you should hate Halloween too. Um, and I'll just throw that out there. You don't have to clap, just agree. It's okay. But listen, why do we hate Halloween? Because it glorifies darkness and death, right? And then people put these weird things in their yard and they glorify a, some sort of a, a, a ghosty thing that is about evil, and then they put tombstones and skeletons in their yards, and, and, and you know, they're, they're glorifying fear, and they're wondering why they're not free. I'm just throwing that in there for a free little part of the message today. But sometimes when you think about ghosts, amen, church, amen, now you can amen that. And listen, if you put all that in your yard this year, grace on you, it's okay, I love you. I, I'm just not gonna visit your house during Halloween, all right? And then next year, don't do it, all right, fair. All right, so, preach, thank you. Thank you. I got one. I got one. It's like fishing here. I got, I got, I got one on the line. Now listen, um, so, but sometimes when we hear Holy Ghost, we, we go, wow, that seems strange. And, and it's not strange. It's just the version of Bible and the language that people grew up on. And they use that term. So the Holy Ghost is just the Holy Spirit. I like the saying, and I've heard it said before, and I think it's fun to say, that you have the most when you have the Holy Ghost. So amen to that. Oftentimes people, though, are turned off to the Holy Spirit because they see people act really weird and they blame it on the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I see stuff online, and because I come from a Spirit-filled background, and I tend to kind of like that, so the logarithms kind of pull up Spirit things. Well, there's always the ones where they show people how crazy they are, and they blame it on the Holy Spirit and stuff. And, and so, I, you know, maybe you grew up in a, in a church that was kind of Pentecostal. And maybe the expression they had was pretty crazy, pretty wild. Um, maybe it's a charismatic church. And, I, and I'm not picking on them. Listen, just to let you know, you're in a charismatic church. <laughs> just maybe you didn't know that. Why? Because charis is, is grace and Charismatic means the, the expression of grace through the gifts of the Spirit. And so we believe in the power of the grace of God's Spirit that is alive and moving. And so therefore, we're just not a crazy charismatic church. We're just a really awesome group of people that want all that God has for us, even in the Spirit. Can I get an amen? So, but maybe, but maybe you grew up in one of those that seemed kind of weird. And I, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit does not make people weird. Those people were weird before the Holy Spirit ever came along. Amen. Some people grew up in churches that had bad theology in this area. Some of you may have came from a background that taught that the supernatural acts of the Holy Spirit ceased to operate with the original apostles. There's a term for that, cessationism, which means that the miraculous gifts of the Spirit ceased to be practiced after the original apostles. And, and so without going into a lot of teaching on that, but I'll just tell you, that's just not true. The Holy Spirit is still moving today. He is still alive today. The Holy Spirit is still healing people today. The Holy Spirit is full on moving in the church today. The Holy Spirit is still empowering people to make a difference for the kingdom of God today. Matter of fact, we need the move of the Spirit equally as much as those original apostles ever did. Listen, we're still doing kingdom work, right? So I need the power of God to get it done. Can I get an amen? amen? So let me encourage you today as I talk about the Holy Spirit to set aside some of your background and maybe old perceptions and what you've seen and, and let God's trusted word show you the truth about the Holy Spirit today. 
Because the Holy Spirit is not an optional package to your salvation. It's not like you're buying a car and you pick the options that you want. When you're saved, you are introduced to the Holy Spirit, whether you know it or not. And I'm here to help you know it so you know how to walk in it. The Holy Spirit wants to guide your life and help you and empower your life. Listen, there's more to your life than your physical being. There's more to you than that. I'll put it this. You are spirit, soul, and body. There's, there's three parts of who you are. The spirit, when you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So now you have the living spirit of God there. Your soul is your inner person. That's your, your mind and your, your emotions and your will and your personality. That's the inside part of who you are. And then there's your body. Of course, you, you see your body, the flesh and, and all the activities and the actions that you do. And you are made up of spirit, soul, and body. Now, put it in this order because I believe there's a priority to how you should live your life. And you should live it from spirit to soul to body, not from body to soul to spirit. The Bible says it like this in 1 Thessalonians. It says, now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. And so you're all three of those, spirit, soul, and body. As Christians, though, we need to prioritize the spirit part of our life more and above our soul care and our health care in our life. Do you hear me? Give me a better amen. amen. We must prioritize our spiritual life above those other areas. And here is why. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, it says those who live according to the flesh, so that's their body, have their minds, that's their minds, set on what the flesh desires. And so if you live out of the wrong direction, if you live body, soul, spirit, then you're going to live based off what the desires of your life are, the, the things that just, the habits and just whatever's going on, your unhealthy desires. And that will end up directing your life. But it says those who live according to the spirit first have their mind set on what the spirit desires. And here's the result of that. Verse six says, the mind that is governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. If you want a blessed life, then you have to prioritize your spiritual life. Amen. Now, I want to encourage you to pay attention to all three. Like don't neglect any of these areas. Like, don't neglect your body. I just, can I just throw this in here for a minute? You need to exercise. Amen. You need to be healthy. I just walked 23,000 steps a day. Now, that helped. The problem was, is I walked to the ice cream stand, and then I walked to the frozen Coke stand, and then I walked and ate chicken wings and chicken nuggets and then I walked back to the frozen Coke stand. Listen, it would have helped if they just put all that together. I could have just sat down and rest and had a good time. But I walked and walked. And listen here, I'm making fun of it, but listen, I believe every person needs to take care of their bodies. And you need to be healthy. You need to go for a walk. Tomorrow morning, get up and go for a great walk and start living a life that develops a healthy body because one day you're gonna get a little older. I'm just a little older. I'm not old, a little older, I'm 57. But I'm glad that I could walk 23,000 steps and keep on trucking 
And one day when I get even a little older and my grandkids get a little older, I want to be able to wrestle with them in the yard and I'm going to be healthy to do it. Can I get an amen? The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to not neglect your inner man. Don't neglect your mind. You need to be reading, you need to be studying, you need to be learning, you need to be growing. Never quit growing in your mind, all right? Don't just sit and veg on Netflix all the time. Every now and then get a book out with paper. Somebody brought their paper Bible over here and God bless you, you're my favorite today. Um, but listen, study and, and improve your life, get better. Don't be the same person you were last year. Keep getting better. And when it comes to your mental, emotional health, pay attention to that. It's equally as important, amen? But let me say this. Prioritize above all else your spiritual life because from the spirit will guide those other areas and you'll live a life that God wants you to live. Amen, church? How do you do it? Well, you have to read and hear the word of God. The word of God feeds your spirit. So if you want your spirit to grow and be strong, you have to feed it. Just like you feed your body, you've got to feed your spirit. And so I wanna encourage you to feed your spirit. The second thing is, is you need to worship God. When you worship God, it lifts and stirs your spirit. It, it, it causes faith to be activated in greater ways when you're worshiping God. That's why you need to make attending church a consistent pattern and habit in your life. Because every time you come here, you hear the word of God, which feeds your spirit, and we worship together, which lifts your spirit. And then you have a greater sense of spirit power inside of you to go attack all of what Monday brings to you. Listen, if you want a good Monday, start it on Sunday, worshiping God. Amen? So the Holy Spirit, who is the Holy Spirit? You know, that was a, an interesting thing for the original apostles and those that were close to Jesus because they were so accustomed to seeing Jesus and, and following him. They were able to hear him speak and it was audible, it was visible. And, and so they understood that. Jesus though sat them down beginning and if you're reading in your Bible in the book of John, in chapter 14, 15, and 16, I'll just summarize those three chapters to you. But Jesus says to them, I'm going to go away. He's like, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to be buried. I'm going to be resurrected. Then I'm going to send to the Father. I'm going away. And he tells them this story about all of that. And, and they're like, oh, no, if you're leaving us, what's going to happen to us? And, and so then he said to them, don't be worried or troubled. Fair enough. And then he said, and here's why. He said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to be your helper. So they were used to him physically. Now they're going to have a spiritual father, a spiritual God to, fo to follow. Think about those original apostles. They had left their family. They had left their businesses. They'd left their homes to be with Jesus present physical. They dedicated their lives to follow him. They were, they were shunned by people and they were, they were just following and learning. And Jesus said to them, I'm going to go to the father. And when I do, it's going to be your responsibility now guys to carry on this message. Like you have to do what I was doing. And he said, and by the way, the world's going to hate you and you're going to be persecuted. And he said, but don't worry because I'm sending the, the Holy spirit to be in you, to guide you, lead you, comfort you, help you through it all. I can only imagine their anxiousness as they were processing this. 
when Jesus said, don't be worried or troubled, they were probably trying to grapple with how do I, how do I grasp the Holy Spirit? How do we understand this? Kind of like you and I might be. I can't see it. I see you. I can't see the Holy Spirit. What, what do I do with this? And so Jesus explained to them, and I'll show you in John chapter 14. He said, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. And so he's teaching them that, that God is going to send the Holy Spirit to them, and he will be their new helper. Now, their whole life had been dependent upon Jesus, and now they're learning to transition to trust the Holy Spirit in their life. And then Jesus said to them, this is actually going to be better for you. He's like, what you have now is great, but when I go and the Holy Spirit comes, it's going to be actually an advantage to you. And so he says in John 16, he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And so you can just kind of imagine their, their concept of their mind and them grappling with him going to the Father and then the Holy Spirit coming to them because Jesus was with them physically and Jesus was not the leaf on the pond. He was the leader, right? And so he challenged them, he taught them, he cared for them, he led them, he trained them. And now they were learning to spiritually follow Jesus and not in physical but in a spiritual way. They had to learn how to follow the Spirit. And that's what we're learning to do. That's what you are doing today. You're learning how do I follow the Holy Spirit in my life. And I want to remind you that the same Holy Spirit that came to the disciples is the same Holy Spirit that comes to you and I. We don't have a secondary Holy Spirit. We don't have the junior Holy Spirit. We don't have some Holy Spirit that is worn out and tired. We have the same powerful Holy Spirit that was in Christ, now is in the disciples, and now in you and I. We're followers of Jesus, but we're also followers of the Holy Spirit. Just for a moment, imagine with me. Now, this is reality, but maybe it helps to imagine. Imagine with me the Holy Spirit living inside of your life. He lives in you. He's with you. Imagine that, that every place that you go, he goes with you. Imagine when you're about to take a test at school and you're feeling anxious and nervous and the Holy Spirit's there to help bring peace to your heart. Imagine you're a business owner and you have a, a ginormous decision to make and you need wisdom and you have the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom. Imagine you're needing something and maybe it has to do with something in physical health and you're like, I don't feel good. Something's wrong with my children and, and, and what can I do? Now you have a Holy Spirit that can help you. The Holy Spirit is with you. He's inside of you. Everywhere you go, when you go with your family for the Thanksgiving meal and there's always people that have different opinions around a table about all kinds of things and a lot of stress can come up at Thanksgiving. You have the Spirit of God to live at peace with all people. Amen? Amen. The Holy Spirit, He is in you. I love Romans 8, 11. It says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Listen, just let that mind-blowing thought hit you for a second. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the power that God released from heaven and said to Jesus, come forth, come out of that grave, that same power that did that now lives inside of you and I. That's mind-blowing to me. Think of it like this. The creator of the earth, creator of heaven, 
the all-powerful, all-knowing and miraculous, wonder-working God has given his spirit to us to be in us and be our personal helper in life. Amen? Amen? Amen. Listen, I like to do this. I want you to do this with me. Get your hand out. Put it on your chest. Inside of you, just on the other side of your hand, just past the body, inside of you somehow, God has placed his spirit inside of you. So you're not alone. You, wherever you go, inside of you, God goes. You're not alone. You're, you're, you're freaking out about something in, in your finances. And, and you don't have to hope that God way out there, somewhere, theoretically, is there a God that hears me? Listen, he's not way out there. He's right here to help you. Think about your, your, you have a son or a daughter that's sick and you're like, I want to pray for them. And listen, I want to say to you, always take your kids to the doctor, but on the way, pray for them to be healed so that when you get to the doctor, they tell you nothing's wrong, okay? So, but listen, how are you going to pray? Are you going to just go, well, maybe God's listening, is God too busy for me? Is God, where is God? I don't know. I haven't seen him. You don't have to see him because you know he is with you. Right behind your hand, the Holy Spirit, all the miraculous power of God, the same God that raised Christ from the dead, that same power is right there inside of us. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And it's the most forgotten part of our Christian walk. And so just make that a habit. A lot of times when I'm worshiping over here, I just put my hand on my chest. I'm like, Holy Spirit, I know you're there. Stir, come, do something great through me today. The Bible is clear about our relationship with the Holy Spirit. It says in Galatians 5, 16, 18, 25, you can see it on the screen, but we walk by the Spirit, we are led by the Spirit, and we are to live by the Spirit, amen? So I wanna give you real quick, I need you to put your fast listening ears on, but four ways the Holy Spirit helps us. All right, so number one, the Holy Spirit helps comfort us. He comforts us. If you've ever been through a really painful heartbreaking season, you will learn about the comfort of the Holy Spirit in a way that you never can another time. If you've ever lost a loved one in your life, you'll feel God's comfort helping you. You'll, you'll understand that the presence of God is in you and he has given you peace that you can't get any other place. There's a scripture that and I'm just going to read it to you out of Philippians. And it says, May the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, he will guard your hearts and your minds. And you know, as a believer, when you go through that and you feel that comfort, people who don't know God will not understand how you can have that kind of peace and comfort through it. For me, when I've gone through those moments, I don't understand how people without God can go through it, right? And I want you to know that because of the Holy Spirit, you have a comforter that is beyond just understanding, but he'll minister deep in peace. 
And in a world today that's so chaotic and with wars and politics and pressures and stress, we need the Holy Spirit to give us peace beyond the circumstances of life that give us the ability to be joyful through it all. Amen? Number two, the Holy Spirit helps guide us. He will speak to you from the inside. He will give you promptings and he will give you some nudging from the inside. And the Holy Spirit will, will do his best if we'll listen to, to guide our lives and to help us in our life. And, and, and this has probably happened to everybody at some point and you didn't even recognize it was the Holy Spirit. But sometimes when you are like just doing something else and someone's name kind of drops into your mind and you think, well, I'm just gonna pray for them today. Has that ever happened to any of you? Well, listen, the devil didn't give you that thought, right? So that's the spirit talking to you. I remember one time I was driving in Wilmington here and of course, you know, the traffic is crazy, but I was driving and I just felt this prompting inside of me to take a different route to the, to the destination I was going, just take a different route. And so I did, I turned, went the other way and I, I have no idea why. I don't know if I'd have gone the same route, if there'd been a wreck or a delay or whatever. I have no idea because I just took the other route. I would rather follow the promptings and trust the will of God than to stay the course and live with whatever happens, amen? And so listen, he will prompt you. He will try to, to guide your life. He will, he will try to help you. The next time you're gonna take that test at school or make that decision that you have, begin to say, Holy Spirit, will you help me? Will you guide my life? Have you ever felt the Holy Spirit maybe give you a little warning at times? He's good about that. He'll say, whoa, Tim, don't type that. Delete, 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 delete. You know, you've been there. Listen, stuff will stir you. You'll get a little angry at something. Whoa, don't say that. And that's the Holy Spirit. He, he will caution you. Listen, you're about to make some sort of mistake. You're getting too close to a line that, that could, you know, put you into a sin position. Well, the Holy Spirit, before you get to that line, you'll start feeling him go, don't do it, don't do it, don't go there, don't go there. Some of us are a little hard-headed. We think, well, how close can we get? Listen, don't get so close because one day you'll fall in. You know that. And so when the Holy Spirit, he is guiding your life. Amen. Number three, the Holy Spirit helps transform us. Church, I am not who I want to be yet, but I'm not who I used to be either. And it's because the Holy Spirit has been at work in my life. And he strengthens me. He matures me. I love the fact that because of the Holy Spirit in me, it's not a religion. You know what a religion is? A bunch of do's and don'ts. Religion is a bunch of rules. And a lot of people just don't, I don't like rules and religion. It's like, that's hard. And I'm not even good at it. Listen, if it were up to my self-control, my self-will, I would fail way too often. I fail now with the Holy Spirit, but you just put me without the Holy Spirit and I'm a mess. We need the Holy Spirit to train us, to develop us, to point out the areas in our life. And I love this about the Holy Spirit is he won't point out everything at one time. Listen, he's really grace-filled. He knows what you need. He knows an area of your life and he'll go, hey, I wanna work on that for a while. And he just begins to, to do that. 
Matter of fact, sometimes when I'm reading my Bible, have you ever done this and you're, you're reading along and, and all of a sudden something kind of illuminates off the page and you're like, oh, and the Holy Spirit is going, that's for you. And sometimes it's to change me. Sometimes it's to challenge me. Sometimes it's just to inspire me. But God is always speaking if we'll listen and he wants to transform your life. And last, I'll share with you, the Holy Spirit helps empower us. God wants to make a difference with your life. And he gave us, and he gave you the Holy Spirit and his supernatural power to do it. What does that mean? Well, maybe you're a volunteer on, on our dream team with our kids ministry, and God bless you if you are. But how great is it when you are in there in kids ministry and instead of just being a babysitter, Somehow God is using you to inspire young children to love Jesus. And that's the Holy Spirit. Because listen, you can go to daycares all over the city, but you don't go to kids' life without knowing the Spirit of God is in you, helping you raise up these children to love Jesus. Amen? Maybe you're a, a giver, which you ought to be. You ought to be generous. And maybe you're those that have been with us and you have sown into this church and you have helped renovate this building and I honor you for that. But God can take a financial gift and turn it into a spiritual blessing because every Sunday that we've been in this building, those that help build this need to know that every Sunday at the end of every service, people have given their lives to Christ and lives have been changed here. And he took your financial gift and turned it into a spiritual blessing in someone's life. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Listen, you could give to, you could give to your all, 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 I can't, all that, your school, you grew, you went to college, that, alma mater, something like that. I don't know. I went to Appalachian, they're not getting my money. I'd rather give my money to the kingdom and let the Holy Spirit use it to change lives. Amen? I'm preaching today. Listen, I'm, I, I, I'm not just up here to give you a talk. I want the Spirit of God to move and I want him to touch your life in a way beyond my words. I prayed before I came. I touched the sign on the back that's all about Jesus. And I want the Holy Spirit to move in your life. I want you to walk out of here with more than just knowledge, but an encounter with the presence of God. And the Holy Spirit does that. I want you to pray for your, your friends and pray for your, your family. Like the Holy Spirit wants to move through you. Listen, I'm not the only person that God wants to move through. I'm one of many. He wants to move through your life with the Holy Spirit. So when you lay hands on the sick, they will recover through your hands. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. The Bible says in Zechariah chapter four, six, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And it's his spirit that makes all the difference in your life. And so today, church, I just want to inspire you to, to lean into the Holy Spirit, to acknowledge the Holy Spirit in your life. Matter of fact, I believe the Bible teaches us that there needs to be a moment that you recognize the Holy Spirit.
There needs to be a moment that you, you welcome the Holy Spirit into your life. After you're saved, there's, there's a moment that you need to say, Holy Spirit, I want you to, to lead me. Holy Spirit, I want you to guide me. Holy Spirit, I want you to work through my life. Holy Spirit, I want you to release your power through me. I think it's, it's appropriate to have a moment where you recognize it because maybe you're untaught in some other way and there's been a, a wall, even a rejection. And today God wants you to tear that down and say, Holy Spirit, would you just flow through me? Would you move in my life? And would you just empower me to live this life that you want me to live? And so I'm gonna give you a chance to welcome the Holy Spirit into your heart in just a moment. But before I do, there's probably some of you here today that have never begun a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And you're separated from God. The Bible teaches us real simple that God loves you. He adores you. He is love. And it's not based on whether you've done anything good or anything bad. But it's sin that has separated us from God. It's put that distance between us and God. And every person has sinned. Every person has fallen. Every person has missed the mark. And people for centuries have tried to be good enough but we can never be as good as a holy God, so therefore we'll never measure up. And so we live with that condemnation. And the only way to be forgiven of that sin is to trust and believe in Jesus Christ as our savior from the penalty of sin. And that's why Jesus went to the cross. He died on the cross. The moment he died on the cross, he paid the penalty for mine and your sin. And if you'll believe in Jesus, he'll forgive you. You'll be saved from that. And you'll begin a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And I want that to be your moment today. Would you bow your heads? Father, if there's anyone in this room that has never believed on Jesus to be their Savior, if there are people here that have never believed in Jesus to have their sins forgiven, Holy Spirit, would you talk to them right now and say, this is your day. And now would you just, with every head bowed, lift your hand to me. Say, Pastor, today I want to believe in Jesus. Would you just lift your hand up real high? I want to see your hands. I see you. God bless you. I see you. God bless you. It's such a beautiful sight. You can put your hand down. Let's all pray out loud together with those that raise their hands. This is our way of being a church body, supporting one another. But those who raise your hand, this is your moment. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. He died on the cross for my sin. He paid the price for me to be forgiven. Would you forgive me today? I receive the forgiveness and I'm saved today in Jesus' name. Amen, church. Amen. Can you give a great clap for that? Now, real quick, let's, let's put our hands. I, I want to pray for you to acknowledge and receive and, and allow the Holy Spirit to have presidency. He's present. He wants to be president in your life. He wants to be Lord of your life. Listen, I just preached all about it. You don't have to put your hand on your chest, but this is a great moment to do it. Receive the Holy Spirit. 
Father, I pray for this church that they would receive the Holy Spirit. Would you say this with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. I acknowledge him. I receive him. I invite him to be Lord of my life. Thank you for filling me, baptizing me, and the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen, church. Amen, church. Give one more good clap. So good. If you would stand to your feet, we're going to take this last part of our service. And there's several things that we like to do in this moment. It's probably the best part of church to me because this is where we respond to what, what God has been doing in your, your life since you've been sitting here. And so today, if you gave your life to Christ, I'm gonna ask you to take one more step and come to the front. And by the way, the prayer team, if you'd go ahead and come on up. And if you gave your life to Christ, you raised your hand and, and I'm so proud of you. But would you take this next step and just come to one of these prayer leaders at the front and say, I, I gave my life to Christ. I, I said the prayer and they just wanna pray with you. We're not gonna do anything more than that. We just wanna pray with you. I think it's important though to take that big step and to step out and say, that was me. Acknowledge it before, before someone. Second thing today, if you wanna take communion, we have communion in each of the corners of the room. You can go get one of the little cups and you can open it and you can take the bread. It represents the body of Jesus that was broken for us. You can drink the juice. It represents his blood that was shed for us. And it's a reminder that Christ died for our sins. And so if you're a believer, you take that and you remember what he did. It's like a, a moment of rededication to God. And let that be a special moment. You can also give in the back boxes on your way out today. But let's take this also as a moment to worship. And if you need prayer for anything, I wanna remind you, we're a charismatic church. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to be healed and you want God to move in some particular way in your life, come get prayer because all of these people have the same spirit of God that raised Christ from dead inside of them. And so they'll pray for you and it'll be a great experience. So Father, we love you. Move in this house. Thank you for your spirit, God. Move, do great things, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.